Hello and welcome to The Point of Everything. My name is Ono Sullivan and today's guest on the show is Zara Hederman. She's a journalist in Dublin, writes for publications such as The Thin Air, The Quietus and Totally Dublin and many, many more. And she was also the reviews editor for State.ie, the sadly departed State.ie. So I thought that she'd be a good person to talk to about kind of the state of maybe the Irish music writing uh, publications scene with State Now Departed. Like, what is the current health? Does it even matter? And also in relation to NME closing down as well. Is there still a space for music writing? Do people still care? Do people still buy magazines? I still buy magazines. You'll find out which one over the course of this uh, rather long podcast. Uh, we start off by chatting about some recent gigs that we've been to, all of which I think we're very broadly positive about, and one of which uh, happened after we... Does that even make sense? We talked about one of which didn't even happen yet. Uh, I was at Big Thief over the uh, Easter bank holiday weekend. I went to see it on Saturday in Whelan's. They released my favourite album of 2017, Capacity, and I was really excited to see them. It was good. I don't think that it was, I, I think that it was one of those gigs which I had built up in my head as being, this is going to be amazing. And every time that I think that, I'm always a little bit disappointed, but you're always going to be disappointed when you have that mentality, but that that those were just the standards that I set. I still really, really enjoyed it. They still have some killer songs. They tossed away uh, Shark Smile, which is my favorite song, off. Uh, capacity and mythological beauty one after the other about five songs in and it was like ah oh, they're gone already and then someone on twitter i was talking with uh the next day um was saying that it was a little bit dawson's creek and that they had four or five good songs and kind of yeah a bit dawson's creek vibe um but it was worth it for those four or five songs the last song was mary which is the second last song, Off Capacity, and it was stunning. Adrienne's voice, it's, oh, she's just got such an amazing voice. And that moment, there were a couple of moments in that song, but it was just kind of hairs on the back of your neck, stood up. It was a five-song encore as well, which I wasn't a big fan of. As I kept saying to uh, Breed over the course of the encore, I was like, they're going to play another song. No band apart from like Metallica should do encores. I think Metallica and maybe Radiohead. But anyway, that's for uh, that's for the No Encore podcast, I suppose, which Sarah has been on. So let's get back to the chat. We start off with a couple of shows that we were at uh, before kind of getting into kind of the idea of live reviewing and the difficulties with it and the idea of album reviewing and how tough it is to actually do all this while you know, it's kind of on the side. Most people writing about music in Ireland are not making money from it. Certainly you're not able to live on it. Some are, and that's great, but we're kind of talking about kind of a big overview of it and trying to stay positive. And yeah, I really enjoy chatting to Zara. Hope you enjoy the pod. Uh, you can follow her uh, at on Twitter, at Zara underscore Hederman. And yeah, here we go. So you've been to a couple of gigs this week, Zara. Uh, Bridget May Power on Thursday and Bell and Sebastian on Tuesday. Did you see, first of all, did you see the support for Bell and Sebastian, Julian Baker? 
I actually didn't. Um, I was kind. Of, I was really upset. I really wanted to see her, um, but I was with two of my friends that were having a bit of a, a deep conversation, so I couldn't really pipe up in the middle and go, "Hey, let's go." Um, but she is going to be back in Vicar Street in September, so hopefully I will. I will go along and catch her then. Um, but but I really wanted to. Yeah. Um. Like Bell and Sebastian, did they like? Did they suffice? themselves yeah I mean they're a band that I've only really kind of gotten into in the last two years um my, when I was younger my brother used to play one of their songs that really scared me so that kind of put me off them for a long time scared you and then yeah how um Bell and Sebastian are like the least scary band aren't they yeah they're yeah <laughs> Well, there's there now there's a kind of like very sinister undertone I think to like some of their lyrics, especially on um like Tiger Milk and obviously if you're feeling sinister, a lot of the stories are quite like dark. Um, but yeah, there was a song that he used to play that it started with. Uh, he had a stroke at the age of 24, and my brother used to be like, yeah, that's just gonna happen to everyone when they're 24. And I was like, oh my god, that's terrifying. <laughs> and I was like, maybe 10. So when he turned, he's nine years old and amazing. When he turned twenty four, I was always like, "Oh God, this is the fear that I don't. I lose my own one and only brother." <laughs> um, but then when I did get into them, um, I, I I do like I more so prefer their first two albums and the Life Pursuit. It's kind of as late as I go with them. Um, I was listening to their latest um, album, which was the Three Ps. I liked the first and second. Um, EPs. Um, third one I didn't get into so much, but they're an amazing live band. Like they're so much fun. Um, Stewart is such a ball of energy. It's amazing. Like he's just constantly like dancing on the stage, getting like audience members on stage. So it was a really, really fun show. It's very different to what I expected it was going to be. Um, and then they did, of course, with out some of the old gems they had. The Boy in the Arab Strap Train. Um, huge in the dream of horses. Yeah, no, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. They, Bell and Sebastian are kind of a band that I feel like I should love because I love indie music. I love the Smiths, and they seem like they're kind of the same uh, 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 line as the Smiths. But I've just never really gotten into mm. it. I don't know why the why the disconnect is there. But yeah, I've I've heard that they're really good live. I think I've seen them live once before at mm. some festival, but they just. Uh, they never stuck with me. But are they are they coming back in the summer? Are they playing Ivy Gardens in the summer? Or was that last summer? Um, that was last summer. They played in September. So I was actually quite shocked. I was um on Tuesday, I was actually supposed to go see Phoenix, um, but they cancelled last minute. Um and I was I didn't know the band last year were playing Vicar Street until I think last week and I was kind of curious to go see them just to see what they were like live. Um but yeah, I'd imagine they will maybe play Electric Picnic again uh, this September because they have just released that album. They're too old um, for Electric Picnic though, aren't they? No, I think she plays Electric Picnic now. It's kind of getting on. She has the kooks and friendly fires and NERD like, so they're in good company. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well, that was Tuesday night, I think you're at. Um, that was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tuesday. 
so on Wednesday, I went to see Young Fathers in the Academy and I thought that they were amazing. They're going to be back very shortly. They're playing uh, It Takes a Village in Trebulgan in Cork on April 13th to 15th. Yeah. And have you seen them before or seen any of their live videos or anything? No, all I saw was on um, like Instagram, like people sharing like footage from the gig and it just looks absolutely incredible. And then I saw like people tweeting about it, just saying that the drummer was, amazing like so yeah. I would be I'd be really interested to see them it uh it was such a such a gritty gig you know it was really kind mm. of dirty was the word that I was thinking mm. of but it was also I like those kind of gigs. Th- their voices just play off each other because all it is really is just kind of a percussionist and one of the three uh lads from Young Fathers is kind of messing about with a keyboard I think he was doing sound I couldn't quite see from my vantage point but uh yeah. it, it, it was just so good and they just worked so well together and like it was a real like dancey atmosphere and just I really really enjoyed it I think that they're I don't know if they're underrated or are they perfectly rated and are they going to be big? Because I think they're way bigger than the Academy, which they sold out. So I'll be interested to see like yeah. where they go from here. They're going to be unbelievable in Trebolgan. Like I turned to uh, my girlfriend halfway through and I was just like, I can't wait to see them and it takes a village. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely think, I think what you said there about them kind of being perfectly rated um, I think that's quite true. Um, I think they're getting like just kind of the right amount of press coverage to kind of maintain people's interests. And also, like, I haven't really listened to them extensively, but like, they're not covered so much where I feel that it's like a like a massive like kind of PR push on. I think it's like a real genuine like people are just very excited about them, and that's what kind of like will draw me to like say a name that cropping up quite a lot yeah um so i think oh yeah like they don't want to be like critically acclaimed because that's kind of the word Mm. that might be sticking with them at the moment critically acclaimed young fathers it is kind of like about turning that into like fans and more fans and increasing sales Mm. and playing bigger venues so i think that's kind Mm. of the difficulty how do you how do you actually go about that and does like word of mouth like i think everybody who left the academy probably like told a couple of people the next day that they saw like one of the best live bands that they've seen in years so hopefully that'll mm-hmm. kind of spread maybe that's the way that it does spread yeah i think so yeah absolutely um but i'm definitely looking forward to try and catch them at something this summer um it's hopefully and finish finishing our little gig gig guide uh you're at bridget may power then in bellobar on thursday yeah that was absolutely incredible. Um, Bridget's just fantastic. Um, she, um, I've been dying to see her for a really long time. Um, and I reviewed actually her last album, The Two Worlds, for um, Totally Dublin. And it was just such a pleasure to like have to return to the album constantly. Like sometimes when you're reviewing something, you can get very sick of it quite quickly. Um, but with Bridges, I was I was so happy just like, oh my god, amazing! I can just put this on again, listen to it on repeat, um, and then seeing it live, it was incredible how she just trans trans translated it so effortlessly to the stage. Like it was literally just her and her guitar and then a piano, um, and she her like interaction with the crowd in between was so lovely. Like she's so funny and she's just such a nice, warm person. Like I could go see her 
thing every week. She's incredible. And like um, mus- musically, it all stacks up too, yeah? Oh, musically, it was incredible. Um, found it exactly how it did, like on the album. I suppose because like, the album was recorded in the analog studio, it all kind of was her just playing live anyway. Um, so it just came with like such ease to her. Um, and like her guitar sounded like so big, it really filled up the room and the venue was absolutely packed, which was great. Um, and everyone was so attentive. Um, you could hear like a pin drop, like throughout the whole thing. So yeah, no, it was really good. I definitely think it would have been one of my gigs this year. Wow. Is it, doesn't it feel weird kind mm-hmm. of saying that in March? You're like, I've got to try and I know, yeah. hold myself, <laughs> but I can't. Yeah, I've had two. So that the Bridget My Pair gig and about two or three weeks ago, I saw Carl Blau in Workman's. Oh. And that was incredible. That was really, really good. Um, again, it was just him on by himself with his guitar on the stage. Um, and it was one of those nice gigs where it wasn't packed out. Like there was a lot of like floor space in between everyone. Um, and everyone was clearly just there because they really loved listening to Carl Blau. Um, so it was right. Yeah, Carl, Carl and Bridget for the win. <laughs> Very kind of gentle, acoustic-y type music. So it's kind of what, what gets you. Yeah, I would be a bit of a sucker for it. But then, like, at the same time, like, I do love my, I do love a good gritty gig. Um, like, I remember one of my favourite gigs from last year, no, two years ago, was um, Death Grips at the Academy. Oh, wow. Yeah. A, a sweaty one, I bet. Extremely sweaty, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but great, yeah. I love it. Uh, were, were you reviewing the gigs that you're at this year, um, no. this week? No, I wasn't. Um, I've kind of, I had to take a bit of a back step from reviewing gigs for a while because I don't know, I was doing it so much at one point that it kind of, not that it took the enjoyment out of going to a gig um, away from me, but it's just like you can't, you don't really feel like you're experiencing it fully, even though you are there like taking in absolutely everything you're kind of in a very different like headspace first and um, so you're when you're watching the gig like I'm thinking constantly about like my opening paragraph and like then like whipping at my notebook to take down set lists um, and then it's just kind of gigs that I saw turned into like a bit of a blur um, so I kind of stopped doing it for a while and um, just so I could reintroduce myself to like gigs for enjoyment and not having to like like look with a notebook right up to my face so I could like write down words um which was like quite distracting but um yeah uh I I I used to um well no I think I only tried once reviewing a gig with a notebook and like I couldn't actually read my notes the next day or later that night just because <laughs> you're writing in the dark and it's really yeah. really hard to do that it's just easier on the phone you know you just cover the screen try not to disturb anyone around you and uh and mm. just try and get onto it but I found that the main thing with writing a review is just kind of like uh just get making sure that you get the song titles right i did a review mm-hmm. last year i think it was of angel olsen and i said she played uh a song that she didn't i think i just got confused or something but straight away like mm-hmm. people will jump on that if you get something wrong yeah. it wasn't a very positive review but it was just kind of like wow i didn't expect yeah. people like not 
that they wouldn't have been paying attention to the show or anything but like okay I got, I got a song title wrong. Yeah. I'm really sorry yeah that happened to me actually once um I did a joint live review um with Dave Hanratty we went to Craig David together and we did it actually for State magazine um so the two of us went to Craig David in the three arena we kind we really didn't want to go but we're like oh look why don't we review it together and kind of make it a bit more of a fun thing and um, so we did that and there was like a back and forth in the review and I think I said that he only or that it took maybe like three or four songs for him to get into like his hit or something or that he only had maybe three three songs from his new album or whatever and like someone left like a pretty harsh like comment underneath me and like I don't think she knows what she's talking about maybe she wasn't at the gig at all and she's just like bluffing it I was like <laughs> yeah people people can be um uh quite forthcoming if you uh if you get something very small wrong at a gig which is mad do you think that it's kind of just the age that we're living in that like nobody wants to kind of waste any time everything that anybody does they want it to be this amazing thing and they want to be able to say on like their social media like oh I missed or I was at this incredible show it was all amazing five stars and then anyone Mm. who's saying uh well well actually you know it's not Mm. it wasn't that great and then people are like you know don't you're not speaking for me or something like that I think that that's kind of like what informs that and I think like we're going to get onto this discussion now about kind of um uh Irish music publications and just music writing in general is it still Mm. kind of needed like do you think that there is still a need for kind of a critical aspect for a gig or do you think it's just it's so subjective that people are Mm. just going to be like I I know what I think I think it was amazing and then kind of everybody Mm. else is wrong yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've been um doing music journalism now for about 3 years. Um and I remember I went through like I think like a year into it I went through quite a an existential thing about what what is the point in this? Like how can I say especially for a live gig and or and an album like how can I like say something about what someone else is doing and say whether it's good or not like who am I to say that? Um, and I did kind of really question whether there was a need for it, especially with live shows, um, because like, you know, it, it's happened, like no one can kind of like go back in a time machine and be like, oh, I wish I could have gone to that gig. But then when I kind of would talk about it with friends um, and then thinking about it just a bit more, like it definitely is important because I know I've read like album reviews or live live reviews in the past and I've been like oh that sounds really cool like I would love to like maybe listen to that band or musician more or like if they're in town I'll go and see them but I do think that whole immediacy thing that you were saying is such a massive culture at the moment like especially when you see like just phones out at gigs all the time like the gig is maybe four songs in and then you'll see on like someone's twitter or instagram oh like best gig of my life like all this stuff and it's more so just to be like look where i am look what i'm doing like it's to kind of maintain some kind of like i don't know cool credit um so with like things like that with people who do that i think you can kind of see through that quite quickly and just like 
not listen to anything that they say because you're like they're doing it so quickly they haven't let anything kind of sit with them um and like let the whole experience be properly absorbed um like I had get like gigs that I would have reviewed where I'd be at the venue I'd get my bus home and then I would write about it straight away and then it would be online the next day and like there's some of those like reviews that I read back and I do still feel the same about those gigs um but then sometimes you look back and you're like actually did I really enjoy it that much was I just like caught up in the whole like euphoria of the gig um and like the new especially like with a band maybe that I hadn't seen live before I think sometimes you can get kind of caught up in maybe the newness of it so that will excite you or maybe on the flip side you you won't get what they're trying to do or what they do and you'll discredit it or you'll be like this was a bit weird or wasn't really into that so it is a tough one because especially with the live reviews it is very subjective um album reviews though I do definitely think they are still very important um yeah yeah, they, they can kind of be the making of artists, particularly uh, mm. like Alexis Petridis in The Guardians. His come out every like Thursday evening on online and then mm. they're in Friday's paper. And like he just gave Kate, uh, what's her name? Casey Musgraves new album, Five Stars. And my, mm. my, my younger brother, he loves Casey Musgraves. He's been talking about her for mm. years and stuff. But uh, I've, I've never even thought about listening to her. I'm just looking through her mm. uh her Spotify now she released a Christmas album called A Very Casey Christmas and I can't believe that I haven't listened to it already uh, but but then it's just you see it gets five stars from someone who you really really like like Alexis and you're like oh I have to listen to it and it's a country and western album it's kind of like I don't I don't actually know if I do like this I don't know if I'm going to yeah. listen to it again but you see five stars and you're just kind of like oh okay give me some of that yeah yeah, I think as well, like, The Guardian are, are guilty of that. Um, they're guilty of, like, putting up an album review, like, maybe 20 minutes after midnight when the album has been released. And obviously, yes, the, the journalist who's reviewing it has had, has been sent, like, a, a review copy of that. So they'll have the album for, like, a week or two weeks before it actually goes online. But I think with stuff like, say, Kendrick Lamar's album, When Dan came out, like reviews, I think that didn't really get sent around as a review stream. I'm not, I could be completely wrong, but I think he was like very um, secretive about that and it just kind of like cropped up. But like you were seeing like reviews going up of that album within an hour or two hours and everyone was just lauding it and saying it was a masterpiece. And it is, it's a great album, but like giving it five stars, 10 out of 10. Um, I remember reading um i think i was still because i used to be um the state magazine's reviews editor and i think i remember editing a review of it and just being like okay this is great and all but it is too soon to just be saying all of this stuff like i think maybe sit with the album for a bit longer um because it like yeah it's a great album but i don't think it's a five-star album um, maybe like a four star but yeah I think those those kind of things need to be um, taken very uh, seriously and done, done uh, time. <laughs> are, are you a fan of the star rating system or the out of tens no I really don't like it 
You prefer um, like just just write the words and let the person who's reading it kind of uh, come up with their own idea of what what the rating is. Yeah, exactly. Because like I just said there, um, like I listen to albums and like in the week leading up to writing my review and then reviewing it, because it's like so um, like in my head, like sometimes I'll absolutely love it. And that will kind of get magnified. And I have given albums like four out of five or a five out of five. And then a couple of months later, like it's and it's still every now and again, like if I'm walking to work or if I'm walking home, I will like crop into my head and like, oh, why did I give that album like five out of five? <laughs> Not a five out of five album. Um, so like things like that, like it does really bother me. Whereas if I had just kind of, like had the text but without the writing I I would feel much better about it um so yeah I think right it's a weird thing it really is like rating someone else's work and then like saying yeah it's grand three out of five or whatever it just feels like a bit of a cop-out um and I think it's better to just and it's what I always aim to do with reviews I always just try to give the story of the album kind of give the context and obviously then like say like what's what sounds you can kind of hear and like lyrical themes. Um but yeah, I hate I hate having to like grade that which just makes me it makes me feel horrible. <laughs> I don't like it. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh let's talk about more stuff that hopefully won't make you feel horrible, but it might do. <laughs> um state <laughs> Uh, well, State Magazine in Ireland, uh, which is which was a physical publication for a couple of years um, back when it started mm. in 2008, and that has decided that they're going to st- uh, cease publishing. Uh, they said on the website at the start of March, we hope we have reached people over the decade and brought great music to welcome ears through our words here. The gigs, videos, mixes and festival bills. You'll be able to keep in touch via social media touch points and the site will continue to exist as an archive for the foreseeable future. And that's it from us as an editorial team. And they thank everybody, uh, readers, writers, photographers, promoters, staff, party throwers who lifted state up in one way or another. And we couldn't, we wouldn't have done it without any of you. I think that's by Phil, who was the editor mm. of State. You were reviews editor for State for a while, were you? Yeah. Um, so I started, State um, was one of the first publications for music anyway that I wrote for. Um, I kind of came from a background of writing like various culture bits. Then I wrote for like a bridal magazine. But I, I remember... Um, kind of I knew that I always wanted to write about music but I kind of didn't have the confidence at the time and then state I emailed Aaron and I asked him if I could maybe like write an album review for them Aaron Drain who was like the the editor and um, when I was kind of writing for them and he was like yeah absolutely here's the spreadsheet of all the upcoming releases take whatever you want to write and then um just send on the review so I did that and then I think I was writing for State for maybe two months. And then Aaron emailed me and was like, um, do you want to have like a weekly column where you go through like all the new music videos that came out in a week? And then I kind of put an intro to it. So I did that. I did that for about a year. Um, and that was great because it really helped me like 
find my style of writing and then like obviously exposed me to a lot of music that I probably wouldn't have um happened upon otherwise. Um but yeah, no, I was really sad when I found out that um state was closing because like it gave me such an amazing opportunity. All the writers are incredible. Um Aaron would have been the main kind of editor that I would have liaised with. Like I very rarely would have um been on the email to Phil but it was just so much fun like putting when I was the reviews editor putting like the spreadsheets together sending them out to the writers and then like reading like other people's like reviews and getting a flavor for like how other people kind of take up an album and then it was also nice like getting emails as well from like writers who were like oh like kind of in the same position that I was in like the year or two beforehand being like oh, I really want to do this and then it was just really nice kind of encouraging them and seeing them turn into amazing writers um so yeah and it was great and it's like such a such a sad loss that it's gone because now I mean we're so limited with what is left I mean we have the thin air which I think it's such an incredible um, website. It's one of my favourite um, music websites to like read. Their writers are great. Um, Brian County and Owen Murray, who are the and Lorena Rush, who are the editors for there, do so much uh, amazing things to like foster and encourage like the Irish music scene. So it's great. Um, did you get uh, you obviously got a sense of like just how much work is involved in like just doing that weekly video column that you did mm. like just having mm. something like that it's so much work and it kind of makes me mm. think that that's probably why uh, State has come to an end just because doing mm. something like this for kind of little return like maybe financially mm. you know you're kind of doing Very it in, little, in your, yeah. yeah you're kind of doing it in your spare time I mean th- that kind of does like Phil must have just been like you know that, mm. that's enough of that sort of thing and that's kind of it you're you know people are kind of doing this mostly you know out of almost as a hobby I suppose I mean mm. d- did you was there a point where you were like oh it's too much work I just want to kind of relax or not do it yeah absolutely like as you said like there's very little return and everyone that is involved in it um whether it's state or like various other like music publications a lot of it is unpaid Um, everyone then will have like their own full-time jobs so like I have a full-time job outside of like writing um just so I can make sure that I'm fed and can have a point <laughs> at the weekend and all that kind of that's stuff a, that seems um, fair enough yeah so like yeah you're doing then like all of this work, like when I was a review editor, like you have to compile like a spreadsheet every month. You have to send it out to your writers. You have to make sure that like big albums that need to be reviewed are reviewed. Then you have to edit their uh, copy. You have to schedule it. You have to do social media. So like that is like very labor intensive. Um, and then when you're doing like your own job outside of it, it does kind of get to a point where you're like, okay, like I'm like I'm kind of burning myself out of it what is the point like not what is the point because I loved it and it was great but the enthusiasm and the drive for it kind of wanes a bit towards like I know towards the end I was just like I can't actually do this for much longer because as well at the time I was so focused on getting all of 
the editorial stuff together that I found that I wasn't writing as much as I was like was initially and I really missed that um so that was kind of one reason why I stopped being their editor so that I could kind of get back to you know doing my own work writing and like listening to albums and kind of telling their story and sharing that um just to take the pressure off um so it is it's really hard especially when everyone has like other sides projects going on um so that's how it's so hard to kind of maintain it and to kind of keep that passion alive for 10 years like what Phil did is absolutely incredible and it's so admirable um and it does kind of like I know for me like I entered into like another kind of phase of like where do I want to take my writing it does kind of encourage me to be like oh maybe like it would be cool to kind of set up something like maybe not necessarily online, but like I'd love for there to be more print uh, music magazines to be going around because I think that's where we're really lacking at the moment. Well, yeah, um, NME as well announced that they were going to mm. cease printing. Like, you know, everyone has probably read or heard um, everything surrounding mm. that, that they were a free sheet for the past couple of years after being um, mm. a weekly music publication for 66 uh, years and that they're just going to continue um, as an online brand and continuing mm. to grow their global digital audience which they say has almost doubled over the past two years and everyone is just mm. you know talking about their clickbait articles and just their you know what has this got to do with new music and it does kind of there is that sense that so many websites so many music websites as well are trying to be all things to all people like you even mm. look at um something like pitchfork and you know mm. they, they kind of have gone into uh talking about tv and other bits which is like where where's the music stuff that i want to listen to or yeah. want to read about but yeah i mean going into print is like i i think that there is still something to be said for it i picked up uh q magazine um yes uh during the week and i've I've picked it up for the past couple of months just because i think it's it's really really good they've got a new editor whose name i can't think of right now off the top of my head but their features are really really good and it's just kind of being able to flick through such a big magazine like that and it's an expensive enough music magazine it's over six quid uh per month yeah but i think that there is something to be said about flicking through something and reading about someone who you might not necessarily read about like I don't like the new Jack White album and I don't think that he's been very good musically for a number of years, but um, he's yeah. the he's on the cover of Q and then you're probably getting into kind of, uh, you know, stuff where critics could, you know, um, not trolls on the internet, but just people who are very one-minded, like, oh, of course they're doing a big feature on Jack White and putting him on the cover because they've got a big ad for the new album on the back cover. Uh, but... Mm. Uh, like it's a really really interesting uh, feature with him and then also you're exposed in a music magazine or in a newspaper or anything like that to um, stuff which you wouldn't necessarily think of clicking on on a website like Pitchfork or Enemy or State.ie you know there's uh, features on uh, a rapper I think she is from London called Steflon Don um, who I hadn't heard of before but instantly reading it I was like just let me listen to everything that she's done she sounds amazing so there is something to be said for that but Ireland do you think like it 
would be feasible to have a physical music magazine like that obviously we have hot press but again that's almost mm. like what we were saying with a website it's kind of having to be all things to all people and i mean you can't really argue it's been going for over 40 years um and mm. you know a lot of the time i kind of flick through it and i'm like oh i'm finished already but i mean yeah do, do you think that there is space for another dedicated music magazine in ireland Absolutely, yeah, I do. Um, because any time that I do kind of make my way into, say, like Eaton's to have like a nose at the music magazines, you do notice that like Hot Press is the only Irish one that's there. Um, and the Tinair, they used to bring out, I think it was like a quarterly um, free publication. Um, and that was great. And I, like, I, it's like the thinner is another site that I write for and I absolutely love writing for them. And I got to like write features for their like French one. And there's, there's just no comparison to like being able to pick something up and take it in to like have a cup of tea with it, like reading it. Um, and I do think that like Ireland definitely has the like space for it, but it's just the, the funding for it. That's where there's the issue. I don't think that means there's enough support for kind of things like that from maybe like arts councils or even again as I said like people who are just willing to like get up and put something together like I know if I was to be like oh I really want to put a magazine together but then I'm not thinking of the actual like cost of it like to get things printed so that's very difficult um and that's where things do just stay online um and I think with hot press as well um, like when you do pick it up, as you said, you're finished it within like a few flicks of like the pages and um, they've just gotten so thin. Um, but also I just, I'm not excited by like hot press at all. Um, I just feel that it's very like reductive. Uh, I don't like their like editorial style and it just, it always seems very regurgitated. Anytime I walk by or like an, an ad for like a hot press cover, I'm always just like, were they not just on the cover yeah. like two months ago? So it just feels very like recycled, like all of their information. And yeah, I just, I, it's one magazine that I've never really, like when I was younger, I used to like read it. Um, but now like it's one that I just don't gravitate to at all. Or I just, yeah. I would I'd be kind of away from it um which is sad because it's like the only really like physical publication that we have um and like when I do go into my to buy a, a, a music magazine it'll be like say an English one which will deal with more so like underground like English music which I mean it's great to know about it but I'd rather have that access to know about my own and I suppose with Grey's we have District Magazine now and that like kind of does do like a bit of like bringing forth like people like I know that was a big champion of Reggie Snow when he was like starting out and that kind of underground like hip-hop scene and already scene in Dublin which is great but again like you just kind of wonder how long they'll be able to maintain it and you just hope that they'll be able to keep it going for a while um, because otherwise there's nothing really yeah, like, I mean, like, um, dedicated music magazine, there probably isn't. But do you think Irish music, like, say, just Irish music, do you think it's being covered well enough with kind of what's left? You know, like, you've got 
newspapers doing features every so often with um, papers and obviously in the Irish Times mm-hmm. you've got the ticket every Friday and you might get a feature in the Saturday magazine with um, mm-hmm. a new artist as well and like you have the Sunday Times culture magazine Lauren Murphy usually has a feature or two in there with an, an mm-hmm. Irish band who's got something coming out you have Nile or Nine who's kind of branching out as well it was a one, one man operation and now he's kind of got a couple of um, other writers and contributors to the website and he seems to be doing more features more interviews more live reviews you have the thin air uh, hot press as we discussed do you think that it is kind of being discussed or Irish music is being covered enough could it be covered better or is it just kind of like you'd like to see it out in the world rather than um, just kind of online in this kind of niche kind of area? Yeah, I do and I don't. Um, like this morning I went down and I bought the Irish Times um, to get the tickets, but there actually wasn't a ticket in this, um, this week. Oh, it's, um, it's in Saturdays it, now, isn't it? It's, yeah, that's what I thought. I, kind, I did think it had moved to a Saturday. But even today, like there was, I did pick it up and like they have four album reviews, one interview and then like two gigs to like kind of catch this week. Um, And like, I just think for a national newspaper, like to only have like space for four album reviews. And I think even with the ticket as well, it, it is very limited. It's very condensed. Um you're not really given, you're not offered up a whole variety of um, what's available out there for you to listen to or to read about. So with things like um, the Irish Times, Sunday Times, like it's great that they're there, but I think as well that they're kind of more focused on maybe their audiences being a little bit older and maybe music, I think, isn't as much of a priority to them. Um especially like kind of independent bands or up-and-coming bands, I think they kind of will get dismissed by them. They don't really get the coverage from them. And it's more so like bands on big labels who have the opportunity to be like interviewed in those kind of publications. Um, So for newspapers, I don't think it's great. I wouldn't really kind of go to them as my source of, um, staying in the know like I know that every now and again I will kind of I'll click over to the Irish Times to have a, a mooch to see like mm-hmm. who said what about what um, but yeah even like sometimes they have the like articles of um, what you need to know for Niall Horan at the Three Arena and it's like is that really a necessary like piece like could that like could that the place that that has taken could that not have been afforded to something else that would have been a bit more interesting and and like informative for like a, a bit more of a long run um but where whereas like with nile or nine yeah like that's a great site but i do feel like looking at it with i kind of a journalist had on it does i feel sometimes read a little bit like a press release like all of the pieces like it's just kind of like premieres or like gig guides Um, I did notice that he is kind of like branching into um, interviews which is great especially because like it's it's so nice to like be able to get like the perspective of the musician to hear them kind of break down like 
if they are premiering a track, it's nice to hear their kind of background to it, what it's about, and their process. I always love that. Like that's the one thing that I would kind of look for when I'm trying to like get music content into my head. It's like I just want to know the story. I want to know where the songs have come from. Um, so it's nice to see that he is kind of adding a bit more of an editorial flair to his site because for me like it just kind of felt like I was in my inbox like I just felt like I was seeing or my like my email inbox I just felt like I was seeing like emails that I was getting anyway about like such and such releasing this and like this person is going on a tour so it's nice that he's kind of maybe putting a bit more thought into like the actual reader readership of it um and then like with the St. Air I mean I think they're just the main ones like I think they're absolutely fantastic they champion such a variety of musicians um I know that like anytime I've kind of maybe seen a band at like Whelan's ones to watch and I'd go to Brian I'd be like Brian this um this band are amazing can we do like a feature on them he'd be like yeah absolutely so it's great that they're so like willing to just let you go rogue with like who you write about um, and then also you have like Totally Dublin and Totally Cork, which is also great. Um, totally Dublin is another one that I write for. Um, and Michael McDermott is the editor and he's amazing for like being again open with like you coming to him to say, can I interview like this band for like their their music interview? Because um, how they have it is there's one music interview a month and then there'll be about like 10 album reviews. And as well, like you could come to them and be like, can I review this album for the um, for the next issue? And they're all like Danny Wilson, the music editor, is always like, yeah, absolutely. Um, like I got to um, review the Bonks uh, album, which came out at the end of the last year. And there's not really many places I think that would be so willing to let you come to them with such a, a rogue um uh, records to promote so we do have some really good ones um it's just about though like who which one kind of are are like spoken about the most like I know that Nyler would be big because like you know he's got like a big presence he's been doing it for a long time Sunday Times the Irish Times obviously they've got like big stake in like media so obviously people are they're going to be in people's like lexicon and yeah, so it's just important to make sure that like places like the Pen Air, like you as well, like I would always listen to Point of Everything, um, to like hear interviews with people. Um, so it's just important that like that that what's good is like spoken about and promoted and gets more people reading them and listening to them. Yeah, I think uh, just coming back to Nile and Nine, I, I think of him as kind of like the one-stop shop for new music in Ireland. And I think bands have also kind of gotten onto that fact. Irish bands have gotten so much smarter in the past three or four years. They they're know, so savvy, yeah. They, they know how um, how it kind of works now. And they know that Nile or Nine is the biggest music website in Ireland. Uh, I presume that's correct. Mm. Like, um, And so you get the music on Nile and then it's kind of like the trickle down effect or kind of almost a pyramid effect you know every everyone else is kind of going there to see what he's writing about and it's kind of his yeah. seal of approval and if he likes a band you know they might get played on the radio you know you've got DJs mm. or whoever 
uh, looking at the website. So I think bands have just gotten smarter at that. I mean, I, I go on it all the time and I'm discovering new mm. music. You know, it's it's like it never it never kind of sleeps with him. You know, you can't like I, I kind of took a break from doing the Point of Everything blog just because I just found it hard to kind of keep writing about stuff and I've tried different things as well of like let's try and write about every new song that comes out in a week that I kind of come across from an Irish act and try and be critical about it because that's one of the things that um, got thrown at blogs was that like it's not really a critic uh, it's not really a critical thing and I would agree with that if you're writing about something you know, you want to be writing about something good and kind of what's the point of shooting something down. And like when I was doing that kind of like writing about a little bit about, say, 10 or 15 tracks a week, first of all, it's like that is way too I'm spending way too much time doing that. It didn't last very long. But uh, straight away you start getting people being like uh, in your I got a couple of messages on Facebook just being like, why do you give out so much about this new band that's just starting out like yeah. you know and you're just kind of like oh, it's not really worth it you know what's the point of yeah. saying like this new band is shite you shouldn't listen to their new single it's kind of like mm. why are you even bother bothering writing about it because it will find yeah. an audience eventually maybe but um mm. yeah that's I've, what um that's one thing um Richard Hilborn um who wrote for the LA Times and I think also maybe as well probably for Rolling Stone he said that like when he was starting out like back in the 60s that like his editor was just like oh you can write about this album that's number one or you could like you know if there's an album that you like you can also write about that and he was like well I think I'll write about the album that I like as opposed to what like is number one because I might not necessarily like it and I won't be able to do it justice and I don't want to have to write like that all the time I'd rather write about something that like I'm passionate about and that like hopefully you can get someone else interested in because you feel that it's genuinely worth their time um so I think that's kind of like yeah it's the best way to kind of do it um have you like done any have you have you kind of found that though that like the Irish music scene is kind of so small or everybody kind of knows each other that you almost can't do a negative review because well not that you can't do it but you know that it's going to get to them and uh um they're going to hear it and they they might hold that against you I heard I don't know if you listened to uh the choice prize preview podcast that I did but I called um I did uh... I called Otherkin and uh, what's the other band? Fan Club, Landfill Indie, and uh, yeah. <laughs> and like afterwards, you know, you're in the uh, in the in the um, bar at Vicker Street afterwards, and like they were they were everywhere, and I was just like, yeah. oh god, I hope nobody points it out, or I ho-. and I apparently a couple of them had heard the podcast, and I think that they were grateful to John for like saying that. It was a really good album, the other Kin album. So it was kind of like, mm. from my perspective, few. <laughs> yeah, no, I I have had that. And actually, funny enough, with um, I think I have said, oh, I did. Yeah, I said I was on um, no encore when the choice uh, the choice list was announced, and um, I was kind of just in general as well, giving out about the choice part. I don't entirely agree with it. Um, and I said something as well that like I mean I mean you look at some of the albums that are on this and like like, how have they managed to get on this list like their album did not warrant being nominated 
and they were like, oh, who, who's on? Was that? And I was like, I really don't want to say. And then I was kind of like pushed a little bit and I was like, oh, other kin. Like other kin's album is awful. Like, and it's been like credited as one of the top 10 Irish albums of the year. I was like, I just, that is a farce to me. And then that came out and a week later, I just was constantly walking around. Like if I was walking in town, I would see like one of the members of <laughs> other kin all of the time. And I was just like, oh God. Um, but in terms of like writing a review, I'm never afraid to like, write a, a review of like a band that's in Dublin that I might like bump into because like I'm not going to like shy away from saying I think that something is bad if I do and like if I bump into them like it, it's not my fault that they've made an album that's not great at the end of the day um <laughs> but um yeah no I have done it I remember I, I reviewed I did a live review of a band and then like I wasn't very positive about it and then I was like sitting on a panel right next to like someone who was in the band as well so for a moment I was a little bit paranoid but then I was just like look I actually I was just doing like my end of things I was being honest I gave my experience of something um but yeah no you can't you can't let that kind of stop you from doing things because then you're not being like completely honest and you're not giving like listeners like people who want to maybe discover something you're not giving them an honest entry level into like an album like if I say if if I reviewed an Irish band it's like yeah these are really really great they're so um inventive they have amazing hooks and their lyrics are amazing and then if someone listens to their album with my review in mind and they're like this is awful like she doesn't know what she's talking about I'm never going to read her again so I would never compromise myself for to benefit like something that I don't think is good in the first place but yeah uh, you, can't, w- you can't do it w- would you be positive about where it's going kind of for music writing music journalism like you mentioned no encore there um, like it mm. does kind of feel like Irish podcasts are kind of you know they're I don't know they're getting more popular or more people are doing them I suppose that that was always inevitable but um like I I enjoy talking not to toot my own horn or anything but I enjoy talking to uh artists and putting it up online but the actual idea of trying to transcribe it I'm I you would be surprised how quickly I am like no I am not turning on my computer no I am not going to listen back to my interview because uh I get really self uh critical about it and that's why I kind of don't transcribe it even though like it's it'd be so much easier for me looking back on stuff if I could but that's from a kind of an interview perspective and I think that's good to kind of do long form interviews with Irish artists just because I don't think that they're really being done much elsewhere a a lot of the people that I would be talking to I feel like that's kind of my niche that I found um, and it takes a while to actually find your niche with No Encore I think that their um, criticism is brilliant I love the fact that they go really in depth on music I'd like maybe a little bit more Irish music perspective uh, on it sometimes Mm. but that would kind of be my main criticism but I love the fact that they go really in depth and they leave me thinking more about an album which initially I might have dismissed or something and then coming back to Nile or Nine he's um, kind of started up his podcast again with a different slant than it used to be a couple of years ago where it is kind of more Mm. it's kind of maybe a mix of the two it's kind of playing music and talking about the new music of the week and then it's doing 
uh, interviews with um, acts that have like some news that week. So mm. I feel like straight away it's kind of like, oh, this is better than what it used to be before. You can actually, yeah. you don't have to try very hard now to find good um, content, I suppose, for lack of a better mm. word, relating to Irish music. Would you be positive about where it's going now? Absolutely, yeah. Um, and I completely agree. Like, I. I love listening to like no encore to like just hear the lads like talk about like albums and like the songs, but also at the same time I actually love. I will always like come to um listen to the point of everything because you do like interview um some really interesting people like you had um Phil Christian from the Bunk yeah um, and O Emperor yeah that was great yeah and O Emperor uh, thank you uh, you interviewed Bridget um that was great David Kiss. Like, I do love that there is um, that there because, like, I love, like, hearing um, musicians, like, talk about, like, their work and how, how they work, how they put a song together, like, where they're coming from. Um, because then it makes, like, listening to their music completely different because you've got context and you have a bit more of their, like, personality. Um, and I like to kind of, I like listening to interviews sometimes more than I like reading them oh. um which I mean it's not great for me to say because I want people to read the interviews but I, uh, right <laughs> um but um I just find it's really it really helps me to hear the tone that people answer in um because sometimes I think I know for me anyway sometimes I can kind of lose um, lose maybe how a question is answered. I might take it up completely differently to maybe how I actually hear someone say it. Um, so that I find is very helpful. Um, and I think like music podcasts are like invaluable. Um, especially now when there's such great ones. Um, even like across the field from say like Song Exploder, I love listening to that. Um. The Guardian have a few good ones. Um, Laura, uh, they're the culture ones that Laura Snapes. She would do album reviews on, and she's really great. Um, and what other ones? Uh, Creative Control. That's really good. Um, and I think like people would just try to get information into into their head by any means, and I think that by sticking your earphones into your head putting a podcast on and then just switching off for about like 50 minutes or whatever it takes and then like kind of getting your information that way where it's so easy because like people are like getting quite like kind of lazy as to how they like consume information like people want things so immediately whether it's just like reading a headline that maybe like Pitchfork or Stereogum will like post of say like you know Tyler, like Tyler the Creator like dropping the single I think last week like he released a single but like it's enough to like find that out by just like scrolling through like a, t a timeline and then like you have that and it's done so people like to just have this instantly and they don't want to have to kind of think about it maybe too much um, so I think podcasts are great um, for doing that and I think the ones that we have at the moment are really good and I can only imagine that like throughout the coming year they're just going to get better and bigger and more people are going to be listening to them and I do hope the same kind of comes with the online aspect of it that people do kind of like take time as well to read read more because reading is great crack 
love it. <laughs> um, we've been talking for far longer than I thought we would because it's yeah. it's just re- a really really interesting discussion. But like, finally, do you, do you kind of think that? I mean, you kind of touched on it there, I suppose. But do you feel like the likes of State and Enemy are not being replaced by podcasts? But do you think that they're podcasts are kind of taking the place of it and again like <laughs> it's so like of course he'd ask that because it's his podcast but <laughs> I, like like you say it does kind of feel like they are kind of doing that thing so maybe the physical product needs to be something different now does it yeah I don't know I, I, th- yeah. I think I'm, a, <laughs> I'm not sure what the answer is or what, what even the question is yeah it's it's really hard to know I mean I'm not great as kind of my foresight is awful so I don't I don't know but I definitely do think that podcasts are becoming such an integral part of everyone's day and like from going into work sitting at their desk from say nine to five and they plug in and they'll listen to like maybe three or four podcasts in a day because like when you're in work you can't really be seen to be like scrolling through like the quietest or like the thin air reading reviews like you'll get in trouble for that um whereas you can kind of do it on the on the down low (laughs) through a podcast and I think podcasts now are kind of like you have Rolling Stone as well they have a music podcast and loads of like publications are kind of switching over to that like The Wire have one as well The Quietest have one um so they know that people are kind of they're spending time like commuting in the mornings and the evenings and like when you're doing that you're really tired you don't want to have to like read necessarily whereas it's easier to just like talk it out and I think having discussions like to be able to listen to two people have a discussion is far more interesting um because you're getting different points of view you're also you're kind of exposing yourself to like loads of different information that you might not have like happened upon by like doing something else or like from reading because um you know people are like as well because it's so easy to just read individual articles people are curating more what what they consume whereas if you kind of go blind into something like a music podcast and it's great like you you hear things that you would maybe have never given time to or thought about um so I definitely do think that music podcasts are um at the fore at the moment of like kind of championing like kind of interviews and stuff like that but I I do hope that like on like physical like publications like Totally Dublin and online with the thin air keep you know keep people's attention because I think that's also really important and it's nice to to just have the written word in front of you as well they kind of go hand in hand yeah it's kind of I, I don't know it's it's hard to see where it's actually going mm. when when you do see like yeah. the the quietest and say drowning sound kind of doing uh patreons and stuff like that maybe that's it maybe mm. a couple of patreons yeah. uh, a couple of patrons a month will be enough to keep mm. people going oh there is an audience for that with podcasts i guess the mm. hardest thing is actually getting people to know that you exist to know what you do and to actually press mm. play but um, I don't know. Hope hopefully it'll be okay. Uh, yeah. I I really enjoyed this chat. Hopefully it wasn't too negative. Yeah, uh, 
that people were like, oh, everything is terrible. I, music, music writing, music journalism, it's dead. Handing in my pen and uh, going into yeah. the office now forever. But uh, yeah, thanks yeah. a lot for doing this, Sarah. No problem. Thank you. Thank you so um, much. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's, people can follow you, Zara underscore Hederman on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, and anything um, else? Anything else people should know? Um, no, I think it's all there. It's all there on on my Twitter. I'll always put up when I've reviewed something or interviewed someone. Um, and I'll always give out when <laughs> Arsenal lose. So. <laughs> <laughs> all that's Arsenal all, fans. That's all there is to me. 